Welcome back to Women of AB Poly. I'm your host, Deirdre Mitchell McLean. And I'm her ever spicy co-host, Kathleen Smith, aka Kiki Planet. And Kathleen titled this episode before we started, so let's have it. It's the eve of D-Day. We're on the eve of D-Day. D-Day for Danielle Smith. (laughs) There's quite possibly premiere. Danielle uh, Smith, and we will, I guess we'll know tomorrow mm-hmm. what, uh, who our new premiere is going to be. Mm-hmm. And, and I am tell- headed in to Calgary. Uh, uh, Sarah, uh, of course, Lila here's campaign manager, mm-hmm. was in need of some scrutineers. And so I'm going to head into Calgary. I'll be at the BMO Center between 8 and 12. Um to oversee what's going on there so that's mm-hmm. that's good I'm going to have some insight into how busy the in-person voting is because the numbers that we're seeing so far or hearing so far is about half of the mail-in ballots have been received or half of the membership numbers right so yeah. about 60 some thousand and it's quite terrifying to think that 60,000 people in a province of what are we 5 million now Four point five million, but around two point five million registered voters. But I mean, in terms of, yeah, it's pretty scary that sixty thousand people are going to decide who the next premier is. And I'm willing to bet because of how Danielle Smith's campaign has been managed, the vast majority of the people who will vote for Danielle Smith aren't actually long-time politically engaged conservatives you know i think she's uh she's going to win this on the back of fringe voters that have never engaged before i think the numbers that uh the sun paper put out last week show that very clearly that it's not even she's not even super popular with conservatives (laughs) right (laughs) you know her and her numbers in the party itself are not so much good. Her unfavorables are sitting at 39%. Her unfavorables are worse than Kenny's. But she managed to go out to the nether regions of Alberta and find the fringe voters and promise them every piece of batshit crazy under the sun and will likely win based on that campaign tactic. And before we go any further, we should just throw in a little disclaimer that Leela here's uh, campaign manager, Sarah Biggs, mm-hmm. is a friend of the podcast and a personal friend of Deirdre's and, uh, and mine. However, this podcast has not endorsed no. any UCP candidates whatsoever. We have fairly criticized and critiqued throughout the leadership race, we don't endorse any candidates. And um, I'm not a member of the UCP anyway, so I can't endorse or vote for one or anything else. I voted for a bunch of them. Um, <laughs> <laughs> participation for the win. Um, <laughs> but we've also, uh, like, as I as I had noted in the in the newsletter last week, we have a super busy month coming up even after, right? If, Mm -hmm. if the world doesn't 
fucking end. Yeah. <laughs> Thursday Putin night. doesn't push the big red button too. Um, I mean, there's all that going on in the background. That's right. We've right? Got a lot. There's a lot going on. Um, but we have like we, uh, the Alberta party convention is on the 15th and 16th. That's yes. in Edmonton. Are you still going to attend in person? I definitely going us? to try. Going to get in there. So we will and we've also be got on the ground. The NDP and convention. we have Jessica on the ground for that one. And I, oh, cool. of course, will be attending the UCP. So Love that they did it on the same weekend. We yeah. <laughs> that took some that took some, you know, some organization. <laughs> yeah. Um and of course, there is rumored to be a UCP caucus meeting scheduled for Friday morning. <laughs> so we'll be watching for news on that too and, and see what comes out of it. I think it's going to be very interesting to watch how Danielle Smith works to keep this party united if yeah. she manages to win the leadership because uh Danielle's not a middle of the road kind of political character in this province. She's there's there's nothing there's nothing mediocre about Danielle Smith's image. No. And uh I think I I'll be shocked if we don't see some floor crossings um or some MLAs who leave the party to sit as at least independents. Yeah, yeah I'm not sure where else they might be headed at the yeah. moment. We also I, might see, of course, uh, two additional currently independent members who are welcomed back into the fold. Yes. Depending on what happens. Yeah. And, uh, oh, it's, <laughs> well, it's just, it's going to be a messy time politically. I don't know how former PCAA members and uh and mlas i think is gottfried the only one no gottfried uh he so he announced he will not be seeking re-election on i believe it was the 29th uh michaela glasgow or sorry frey Mm -hmm. glasgow uh, announced she will not be seeking re-election that was september 26th and then of course we've already lost doug schweitzer yeah So. so are there any pcaa Former PCAA types left on the benches. Uh, Mike Ellis, who has endorsed Smith. Yeah. Um, How does Mike Ellis live with himself? <laughs> How does any PCAA operative member, uh, MLA who was former PCAA, how do they live with themselves? Because they spent years howling against Danielle Smith howling mm-hmm. against the WRP party and what she has re- reincarnated with this rise from the political dead is worse than the WRP. This yes. is to oh. the right of the WRP. This is fringe yeah. lunacy and they howled against her and rightly so, I might add, they fought in 2012 to keep her out of the premier's office to keep that party out of power. And now they're going to sit on those benches with her as leader. But ha- now they're going to who's even sing there? praises. What did they have? They had how many, how many, there were 10 at, there were 10 when they lost the election. Nine once Sandra Jansen crossed. Mm-hmm. Um, so Rick McIver, of course, is still there. Um, who else? It's, it's pretty much everyone in Calgary, right? Yeah. 
but they've changed, right? Proud Gill is no longer there. Um, who else? But it's see? just the fact that they will they will sing this woman's praises after Everything. basically burning her at the stake. Well, and that's and that's the other thing too is that Daniel Smith of 2012 is not Daniel Smith of 2022. The Daniel Smith of 2012, uh, despite her policies being this really fucked up <laughs> faux libertarianism. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's what her shit was. That was her shit. Oh, it still is. in 2012. <laughs> but the shit she's doing now is some Alex Jones mm-hmm. outside of your mouth. Every day she says something more ridiculous. And I keep thinking maybe this will be it. And no, no, that's not what makes people wake up and think she's outside her mind. And this is this is the human being where we have to send this person to Washington. This person is our representative, our province's representative on the world stage. And it's going to be Danielle Smith and her special brand of loopy as fuck. Yeah. Like, what are we doing? Well, remember, you can't, uh, can't blame everyone. Um, <laughs> well, no. and <laughs> No, no, know, but I, you're, but, but it's the reflective, right? Yes, That's the reflection and, that is going to come out after this. And we've already got a bad image. This province is already struggling with the stereotype that the rest of Canada sees us as, you know, a big truck driving, gun toting, cowboy hat wearing, (laughs) speak English or GTFO bumper sticker sporting rednecks. That's Mm -hmm. the way the rest of Canada sees us. And Danielle Smith as premier will only amplify that absolutely and it's i know it's i know it's the reason that she's getting elected possibly getting elected i'm still you know i'm 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 still open to the possibility that it might not happen in the way that that we think it will i mean i did that i did that uh zoom with stephen carter Mm-hmm. And there weren't too many ways that it works out any that with anyone else winning. Uh, yeah. It has to. It depends on how Brian Jeans, because we assume that he's in third, but it depends on how Brian Jeans votes end up. And yeah, I think it was. I think it was on the breakdown last week, and and I was saying that as much as I, I feel like Brian Jean tried to you know, somehow place himself in the middle of I'm wild rose and I absolutely still lean in this direction. And and I agree with quite a few of Daniel Smith's policies, but also I'm your, you know, Travis Taves without being a Kenny trap, like a a Kenny crew. So, yeah. And (sighs) and I'm not, I'm honestly not sure if he could do anything with it, but, but that's kind of like, I'm looking at, how he has positioned himself and whether or not the votes that have gone to him, how they're going to split off. And I feel like they are more likely to split off to the wild rose faction 
because of the fact that this air quotes united party screwed over longtime wild rosers and this was like the wild rose and you've said it many times as well kathleen that it was built to be a grassroots party it was governed as a grassroots party and they you know those individuals had been there since the beginning and they had built and they had scratched and they had clawed their way up to where they were only to have jason kenny swoop in and rip it from underneath them. Yeah. And the structure of Wild Rose when it came to the leader was quite a bit different than the current structure with the United Conservative Party too. The Wild Rose uh, Party constitution made a real point of limiting the powers of the leader. Mm -hmm. In the Wild Rose Party, their leader was little more than a high profile MLA. Mm -hmm. They did not have power to, you know, Kenny is very proud of, um, I'm the leader. I hold the pen. Okay. He has said that he signed a grassroots guarantee <laughs> with that same pen, mind you. Yeah. But then when push come to shove, he said that if, if he didn't like policy, regardless of whether or not the membership had passed it, it's not being it's not going to be policy. Yeah, it's the not. Former, it's not a platform. Right. So the former Wild Rosers who might be fully behind Danielle Smith right now or might be fully behind uh, Brian Jean right now should actually ask themselves if this is the party they thought they had built because it isn't because under (laughs) under the new constitution of the United Conservative Party, the leader holds the power. This is not a grassroots organization. This is not a grassroots movement. This is not a grassroots party. And Danielle Smith, uh, Brian Jean, Travis, I always say his name wrong. Is it Taves? It is Taves. Taves, Travis Taves. They they can push that garbage all they want. Well, hello, UCP members. Did you not learn from the Kenny experience? How many big supersized publishers, clearing house placards did Jason Kenny sign? Healthcare guarantee, grassroots guarantee, blah, blah, blah guarantee that turned out to literally not be worth the ink they were signed in mm-hmm. because there's no grassroots anymore. No. There just isn't. And it, grassroots has always been a bit of a a facade with conservative parties anyways, because even when they appear to be grassroots on the surface, the backroom machinations, alliances, and activities have charted not only the course of the party, but who gets to represent that party. Mm-hmm. I think we most recently see, saw that with uh, Leela here. Who's oh, yeah. going, she is going to pay the price for the times that she did stand up to Kenny for the rest of her political career. Mm-hmm. However long that lasts, she's going to pay the price. And we saw that with the nomination meeting in her home riding. This conservative party is such that, uh, they'll invite everyone in Uh, they don't care if you're nazi they'll invite everyone in (laughs) literally but they have they exert such strict control behind the scenes that big tent is 
is really just a facade. Because mm-hmm. if you cross them, if you think independently, if you speak independently, they will destroy your political career. Yeah. And they've shown that over and over again. Unless, of course, you're like right in the inner fold, such as the uh, that mm-hmm. group. I only have to say their last names for politicos in this province to know who I'm talking about. <laughs> and I don't want to end up on the lawsuits. Right. <laughs> Like these people are suing half the Alberta ledge feed right now. I don't want it to be half plus one. I just got out of all my lawsuits. Let's keep it that way. Could be because of the fact that it happened so quickly, right? Kenny didn't even stay for his first term. So with Harper and I do, I see that I see so many parallels between, you know, the federal and provincial unifications Mm -hmm. that, With Harper, yes, he lost the first election, but he won the second one. And then he stayed in power 2004 to 2015. Yeah. Right. So it was almost 12 years. Yeah. It was almost 12 years. Yeah. So he, he was in power for that much time and, you know, he still holds sway. Obviously he's actually endorsing candidates, Um, but, or like of the, of the last race, but He's still very much involved. Well, I think the major difference between Kenny and Harper is, uh, like him or not, Stephen Harper is uh, extremely intelligent. Mm-hmm. He's a very intelligent human being. And he he had an ability to, I don't know, ability? He had a personality trait that allowed for him to be cold and decisive in his decisions. Harper didn't care too much about whether or not he pleased anyone. In the meantime, Kenny has shown through his tenure uh, as premier that he tries too hard to please everyone. And in the end, that ended up being his downfall because Harper would just lay down the line. Yeah. Harper would say, no, this isn't happening. I'm not tolerating this amongst my MPs. And if the MPs got out of line, Papa Harper made sure they got back into line. He he kept a short leash on everyone. From the outset, Kenny's MLAs didn't respect him. I mean, the, the first Christmas of the pandemic... He's telling people to stay home and his own MLAs are jetting off to Hawaii and Mexico and everywhere else, which the most shocking part of that for me wasn't that they were stupid enough to do it. It was that they had no respect for their leader that early on. They were willing to make the leader look bad that early on. So that shows weakness in the leader and in his chief of staff primarily, yeah. but it also shows weakness in this supposed unity because a unified party is going to stand behind the leader. Uh, we see that with, um, with the NDP right now. They're yes. extremely unified. I mean, they've got to work on their messaging without a doubt, their comms department lights a dumpster fire in the Twitter feed every (laughs) single day and don't seem to be able to get their messaging to track whatsoever. But we're seeing them unified at the provincial level, at least. 
we had the unity of, of the United Conservative Party is a fraud. Oh, yeah. It's a nice tagline and it's, you know, the image they want to portray, but there's no unity if the leader isn't respected. And the leader, Kenny, I don't think Kenny's actually been respected by uh, his own MLAs since they won the election. I think the the questions about how he won the leadership have to do with that. I think there were some um, PCAA leftovers who still aren't happy about how far right the the party went but don't feel that they have any other conservative options in the province i kenny failed by trying to be everything to every conservative and harper succeeded because you didn't give a fuck about your feelings yeah and i think like how i don't recall now also wasn't paying super close attention definitely back in 2004 but I don't recall anyone bringing up now that Harper had to, you know, walk back decisions. And that, that hurt Kenny right off the get-go, mm-hmm. especially with the, I didn't specifically tell my MLAs they can't travel, even though there were public health restrictions in place. But, yeah. you know, like that, that was so weak. And then him having to walk it back, that was absolutely the beginning of the end. Well, and then he had to explain why his his own chief of staff traveled. Right. His own chief of staff. Didn't know or whatever. Uh, like, it, it just. Yeah. I, and I'm sure that Kenny said, well, you make your own decisions. But when you're telling everyone else that it's not safe and then you're telling your MLAs to just do whatever they feel comfortable with, like, come on. Right. And I think what what Kenny didn't realize, because he really. Prior to becoming premier, he really didn't spend a lot of time in Alberta. Right. He he doesn't, he had no true understanding of conservatives at the provincial level in this province. He refused to accept that there was a very good reason we had two conservative parties. Mm-hmm. And that's because one was just conservative and the other one was out to lunch. <laughs> And he he combined those two parties without understanding the culture of the parties and without understanding how how that split in conservatism here happened in the first place. Mm-hmm. And then he just threw his hands up and kind of expected them all to govern themselves. And that was after they nominated, like, I've never seen such a shallow bench I've never, people talked about how the NDP had a shallow bench. Who were they going to put in cabinet? Mm -hmm. Can we talk about the ridiculousness on the UCP benches and how, uh, uh, why is Chandra still in cabinet? Because that's all we got. Why is Jason (laughs) Cop? Because that's all we got. Madhu, right? (laughs) Madhu, yeah. What do you want us to do? It's all we got. Yeah. It has been an absolute embarrassment there. I don't expect, especially if Daniel Smith becomes leader. Yeah. That party, there's no way it can stay together because, because they've gone with a, a, a mainstream 
party that was able to move in whichever direction, little left, little right, whatever they needed to do mm-hmm. to appease the majority of people. And yes, they were entitled. And yes, they had, you know, totally lost the plot. Yeah. But I here's here's my bold prediction. And this is going to be way out in left field. They're going <laughs> to think I'm crazy. I are we I don't think we're supposed to say crazy anymore. But OK, you're going to think I'm loopy. I think that if Danielle Smith wins the leadership and becomes premier Danielle Smith, we will see some floor crossings. Um, I think Lele here will book out of there and citizen independent. Uh, I think it's possible we might see some floor crossings to the Alberta party. Because if this party is going to split under Danielle Smith, if we're back to uh, regular conservatives versus batshit loopy conservatives, Mm -hmm. then the Alberta party already exists. And it already exists as a center-right party with pretty close to the same policies that the PCAA had, really. Mm-hmm. They're not that far off. I think that if the if the PCAA leftovers that have stuck it out with the UCP have finally had enough, we might see them move over to the Alberta party. And we could see a resurgence. I would like that because I really don't want to live in a two-party province. Oh, God, no. And that's what we are now. We're we're left versus right, period. Mm-hmm. Um, no other options. Uh, that being said, there are a lot of leftists who whine that the NDP is... Gone too far center. <laughs> is too far center. <laughs> it's, the, the Overton window just keeps moving around. It really does. It really does. The last seven years now, we have been able to look at Alberta in a much different light considering that we had the same government for 44 years. Yeah, we've, we had, we had the same government, like Janet Brown said on that last episode where she was like, Alberta used to have the most predictable political landscape and now it has the most unpredictable. Yeah. Yeah, It's it's like we're suffering aftershocks (laughs) because everything from the time that Ed Stelmack was forced out has been a mess Like, it's just been insanity. It's been 11 years. And our political landscape before that was highly annoying, (laughs) but at least it was stable. I mean, it was just asshole after asshole. (laughs) (laughs) Much like many provinces in, (laughs) in this country. Unfortunately, ours were like 44 years of conservative assholes. But something happened... When Stelmack Stelmack was forced to resign because we got uh, Redford and then we had the Sky Palace and Redford using the the government planes like they were her private family SUV and uh, the mysterious trip to Chicago that happened, (laughs) the ski trips with some other MLAs and their daughters, you know, like things got really messed up. And once Alison Redford was forced out, all hell broke loose. I I have to laugh at the people who uh, would tweet at Notley or Facebook about Notley one and done. 
one and done, yeah. one and done. <laughs> Y'all had six premiers, six conservative premiers in seven governing years. Six conservative premiers in seven governing years. And you're yelling one and done at Rachel Notley, who is the only premier in the last 11 years in this province to win an election and complete a full term. She is the only one. Stelmack forced out. Redford forced out. Hancock served as temp. Jim Prentice called an early election. Had Danielle Smith and the Wild Rose members cross the floor, completely destroying an official opposition. Lost. Jason Kenney forced out. Like, it's craziness. It's mm-hmm. They can't even hold on to a leader. And they're thinking Rachel Notley's going to be insulted by one and done. Yeah. <laughs> At least she got one, my friends. Yeah. She got one. She got one done. <laughs> Y'all are sitting at zero. But the little orange lady got one. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, like, honestly, the, I, I try to stay out of predictions because... I find that I'm more optimistic than realistic when it comes to predictions, right? Everything else I'm much more realistic about, the present, you know, how the past affected us, very realistic. But the future, I tend to be too optimistic okay. to... Uh... No, I'm, I'm just completely <laughs> pessimistic about all of it at this point. I mean, there's days that I'm looking at our political landscape thinking, doesn't matter, Putin's going to nuke us all anyways. I don't care. <laughs> Will we really have to worry about this in a year? <laughs> who's who's going to get us first? Danielle Smith, Putin, or Lil' Kim Jong? I don't know. Oh, it is quite the time to be alive, apparently. Yes, it is. <laughs> so, wow. here we are on the eve of D-Day. Yep. Tomorrow, we will know. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe we should, you know, pop on tomorrow once we've got the results. Just I- do a little consoling. Right. And we'll we'll have a chat about that because I may I may go downtown for the announcement. I I'll see because right now I like as it's as it stands, I will be there at eight AM. Do I still want to be there at eight PM? Probably not. Uh, Not unheard of. (laughs) I've you know, it's uh I guess possible. We're going to have a whole lot to talk about on 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 Friday, certainly, yes. and yep. especially Friday after their meetings. They're meeting first thing in the morning. I know the Kenny yes. one after he resigned lasted way longer. Weren't we sitting here still at two o'clock in the afternoon waiting to see if they were going to keep him? Oh, yeah, and I think that was really because they didn't want to keep him. <laughs> no, he had to do a lot of convincing, and uh, I don't think he, that he he's went full really... Wolf of Wall Street. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> I'm leaving. The show goes on. <laughs> uh, lucky us. I think we've talked this one just about out. Yeah, as much as we possibly can. <laughs> as much as we possibly can. So, say your prayers tonight, kids. If you're not a praying type, I don't know, send and some send thoughts. some vibes. And send some sanity <laughs> vibes and thoughts. Toss awesome. and pears. <laughs> mm-hmm.